In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, the word of the Lord, and had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realised that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons uttered blasphemies against God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning, then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you be it ever so severely if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord, let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognised that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. This is the word of the Lord. I, um, I heard my daughter as, um, as, um, as, as the scripture was being read, and it occurred to me that I've, I've, I know how to differentiate my daughter's scream from for other children's scream, and I've heard other parents say the same thing. And I, I wonder, we know about God, and some of us may profess him as King of Kings, as Lord of Lords. We know that he's a saviour, a healer. But I wonder, would you be joining Samuel 
Would you know God's voice when he speaks to you? Jeff, can we have the video? I am the might of the fallen sword, the tremors in the spear shaft. I craft my ways through blazes of fire storms, absorb the failings of deadened ends to render the floors I dance upon. I am the spaces between the floors, the roars of hearts running through heaven's halls. I breathe the forms of light and silence, still the course of cosmic riots. I am the glory of the giants, Manasu, Sagamatha, watchmen of the Asian plains. They yield my name, made famous through the cries of albatross flocks, inflamed in Pacific fires. I am dressed in the spray of Nevada dunes, clothed in the shadows of Sahara caves. I am the light of lunar flames, fleshing the rains of Amazonia. I paint the trains of Antarctic quests, release dominion to desert Pandavira. I authorize the remains of Aztec and Inca that bloom through the visions of mountain tribes. I ride the skylines, breathe the signs, ignite the paths of astronomy's eyes. I am the unheard, heard in the storms that burn on my words. I am the yearful. I am the word. I emerge deciduous from the wetlands of your cries. Rise from the moments you wake. I bring the dawns that shake the fevers from your remembrance. I am here. I am imminent. I am he who crosses the flames through which you strain. Discover the parts extinction seared. I dust away the dry remains of tears. Drain the lakes of your regrets. I wet the worlds, till the soil, forsake the toil, quell the rages, sow the broken pages with my belief in you. I bring the you you have never quite met. I am the desire that keeps your pillow wet. I am the heartbeat you seek when you chase after dreams. In the reachings and sighs you are looking for me. In the body touching body it is me you seek the groans and the longings, it is me you seek in the yearning dream, in the need to be seen, in the love me, love me, it is me you seek in the breath drop wonders, gasping hunger, in the touch of a stranger that makes you feel younger, in the books and the fables, in the this is me labels, in the is this me, is this me, in the hear me, hear me, say my name, in the touch me, find me, need me, find me in the aching pain, in the love, the music, the beats, the taste, in the heat, and the need, and the need for embrace, in the colour, the gaze, the meaning, the desire, in the flame of the voice, and the spirit of the fire, when you cry for more, my name you weep, I am he who waits for you to reach, I reach for you and wait, when you lie half broken and awake, I am the watchman of your sleep. I wait and wait till the shakings cease. I am the truth they call release. When the darkness flares and starts to speak, I sculpt the shades of daybreak. It is me you seek.
Lord, help us to hear your voice. Call our name just as you called Samuel's. And let all distractions flee so that we might hear your still, small voice reaching out to us. There was a lady at the 9.30 service who said that Chris's talk could have just been written for her. Lord, help us to hear you so clearly this morning that we might all have that same experience of hearing you speak into our lives by name this morning through the words Chris brims. So send your spirit upon him, Father, that he may speak your word in truth and, and, and in righteousness, that our lives may be transformed evermore into the image of your Son, in whose name we pray and whose glory we seek. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Chris. I keep chickens. And yesterday, Millie and I cleaned out their coop. Oh, they needed a good clean out. And uh, when we let them out, they head for the dust. And they have the most amazing bath. Nothing can take them away from the dust. They immerse themselves in it. And uh, even the corn, to try and get them back in their coop to tempt them. Nope, they want to bathe and wallow in that dust. And uh, today we are looking at being present. And uh, as I saw my chickens uh, yesterday evening, bathing and enjoying and immersing themselves within that dust, my prayer is that we would know that we are called to be people who are present, bathed, immersed, in our God. Uh, perhaps one of the most famous theologians uh, to talk about being fully present, um, if you can put on the first slide, is that, are you happy to do that? There we are. Is it there? There it is. The theologian Poo. Uh, it's a beautiful quote, isn't it? <laughs> and what, what we're going to look at this morning, next slide please, is how can we be fully present? So in this series, we look at some foundations of discipleship that will help us to follow Jesus, to become more like him. And today we look at how we can be fully present. In other words, how not to miss out on Jesus with us and our day-to-day -day adventure of following him. And one Samuel helps us with three lessons that I want to draw out this morning. How to, we can be equipped to be people who are fully present. On Wednesday, I was with uh, my team. Next slide, if I may. Thank you. And uh, like most Wednesdays, we enjoyed cake. And then we had some lunch together. We had some soup, bread. And at the end of the day, there was a load of washing up to do. But there was no... Washing up liquid. We looked for it everywhere. And then I thought, ah, you see, where we meet in the Baptist church in the city centre of Peterborough, they have two kitchens. So I thought, I know, there's bound to be some washing up liquid in the other kitchen. So I venture to the other kitchen to find the washing up liquid, and there it is. But instead of bringing it to the team and going, da-da, I found the washing up liquid, guys. We can do the washing up now. I put it in my hood of my hoodie. So I put it in my hood. 
And I went to the team. I went, oh, guys, can't find it anywhere. Can't, f- can't find it. And I'm like giggling. I'm like... <laughs> but after five minutes, and I'm turning around, like showing them, they don't see it. So Virginia, she goes, all right, let's look in the kitchen cupboard. So we look in the kitchen cupboard. She's looking for the washing up liquid. And I keep turning, doing that. Yeah, I wonder where it can be. And it's a huge bottle. It's right there. And then Sam, he's looking in the hall, but he's also on his phone. And he's checking up on Facebook, and he's like, yeah, maybe, hang on, let's go and look at the cupboards over here. So we look in the cupboards in the hall. And after what felt like a good 10 minutes of me giggling inside, I've got the washing up liquid, it's right here. They eventually saw it, and Rose and Virginia, who are from Kenya, my goodness, they laughed and laughed and laughed. The most glorious laugh. Um, I'm pleased because it was a bit of a silly thing to do. But most most of us, me included, uh, are not fully present of the one who rests on us, who holds us, who sits next to us. And as a follower of Jesus, I know I'm not fully present of the one who's not only in my hood, like a big bottle of fairy liquid, but who is within me, upon me. And this morning, my hope is that we will be aware of God present with us and become present with him. So the three lessons that I want to bring out from this morning. Next slide, if I may. Firstly, that we would believe that God speaks to us and he loves to communicate with us. Secondly, that we'd look at practicing listening to God. And thirdly, we're going to think on things that will help us become present. So, firstly, believe that God speaks to us. Next slide. Um, Hands up if you've come across Brother Lawrence. Have you come across Brother Lawrence? It's a beautiful little book he's, he's written called The Practice of the Presence of God. Now the story goes that Brother Lawrence would, his job as a monk, he would work in the kitchen and he would peel the carrots. And as he was peeling the carrots in the kitchen, people would come in and say, are you all right? Because he would be in such an ecstatic state of joy, of being with God in his presence, that sometimes when he had the job of preparing the lunch, he would lie on the floor in God's presence, full of joy. And he writes this, um, I cannot imagine how religious persons, it was written quite a long time ago, how religious persons can live satisfied without the practice of the presence of God. For my part, I keep myself retired with him in the depth and center of my soul as much as I can. While I am with him, I fear nothing. But the least turning from him is insupportable. You see, the reading we had this morning declares that the word of the Lord was rare, but not 
now. It isn't now. You see, the word of the Lord came to a select few at a select time. And here, Samuel encounters the word of the Lord and God's presence with him. But for you and I, we have direct access to the word of the Lord. We have the word of the Lord through the living word here that we can read, the word of God, through the living word of the Lord Jesus with us. And each one of us can boldly approach the throne of grace. In Samuel's time, it was just for the priest and Samuel was learning how to do that. But you and I have that invitation to encounter the presence of God and to be fully present. Not just now, but tomorrow morning at work. This time tomorrow morning, we can be present. Being fully present and mindful of God isn't something just for a select few. It's for each one of us. Secondly, we can practice listening. Next slide. Thank you. We can read in 1 Samuel 3 verses 2 to 9 that Samuel got it wrong. So he hears his name and he thinks it's Eli. And he got it wrong three times. Samuel, Samuel. Oh, is that you? What do you want? No, go back to sleep. It's not me. Can you go back? Okay. Samuel, Samuel. <gasps> Eli, what do you want? No, it's not me. Third time, Eli clocks on. Okay, it's not me. It must be the Lord speaking. And we can practice. You know what? We don't have to get it right. There's a wonderful place that we can be in where we can say, is it me or is it God? And we can practice whether it is me or God. Is it someone else? Is it God? Is it me? Is it God? And each one of us is called to practice. One of the Psalms declares, be still and know that I am God. The key to practicing, listening, being present with God is being still. Everything will try and distract us from being present for the now, encountering God right now. Everything. Um, what distractions stop you being present? Mine's this. Uh, it's amazing how accustomed I've got to looking at people at the top of their heads. Uh, when I take uh, the train into London, it is bizarre if you see someone not bowed down looking at their devices, their iPads, they're watching something on iPlayer. And for me, a big distraction is, oh, I've got two minutes. Oh, right, great. I'm waiting. Oh, and I miss out on being present because I'm there. What is it for you? Perhaps it's you've got a moment you'll put on the telly. Perhaps it's you've got a moment you'll put on the radio, Radio 4. Well, that seems worthy enough for a distraction, surely. But we are so easily distracted. If I can have the next slide. Who recognizes this place? And if you were in the 930 service, you can't say where it is. Who recognizes this place? It looks like a whale. 
Who, who knows where that is? It's the Isle of Tides. It's Enchli, which is off the Llyn Peninsula. It's Bardsey Island. Did, did you, have you heard of Bardsey? It's a place of pilgrimage. It, it's also known as the Island of 20,000 Souls. And many, many years ago, uh, pilgrims would seek to go to Bardi to be buried on the Holy Island. Well, once a year, I go to Bardi to serve as chaplain for a week. Uh, it's a real difference from serving a city centre chaplain, where it's busy, busy, busy. Uh, no joke. I will get into Peterborough about 10 o'clock on a Friday, most Fridays. I will leave about 5.30, 6 o'clock, and it is constant, one after the other, after the other, after the other. Going to Bardi is, oh, there's so few people there. Uh, don't get me wrong, I still do the chaplaincy bit, I still do the services and put on some events, but most of the time, I'm by myself. Well, last year, when I went, the year before last, when I went, I was walking around the island, and I thought... I heard God speak to me. And I thought that God said to me, you have neglected your soul. <sighs> Ouch. I've neglected my soul. I said, yeah, I thought, you know, you're right, I have. And there's something that I do, but I don't know what it is. What is it that I do that neglects my soul? soul. What is it? And I didn't have the words to describe what it was that I did. And I was trying to work it out and I was praying and I was like, what is it that I do that neglects my soul? And the next morning I go into this beautiful hermitage. It used to be a place where they kept pigs, but a nun had spent all her life praying in solitude in this place. And it's a place of prayer. And uh, so I go in there and uh, we, we lead some I lead some morning prayers, it's early, and then there's a group that stay on, and they're Buddhists, they're staying on um, on the island, and I ask if I can join them, and I want to be honest with you, I wanted to share Jesus with them, that's why I wanted to join them, that was my motive, and their thing was silence, they would sit for half an hour in silence, they would have a reading, well the reading they had was all about distractions. And the reading spoke about the, the itch or the looking away from yourself, being present. And it dawned on me, that is what I do that leads me to neglect my soul. What is it that you do to distract you from being present? And I was able to pray, Lord, would you help me not be distracted, to be present, fully present with you. Uh, I was uh, baptized at three months old. I'm a Baptist minister, but I was still baptized at three months old. Uh, I, I wasn't a Baptist minister then. Um, um, and I was uh, baptised by Bishop Zulu in uh, Zululand, and he gave me a Zulu name, uh, Inkursenati, which means Emmanuel, God with us, 
God with us. You see, we need to believe that God is with us all the time. Constantly speaking, constantly communicating. And to be present is to be present with that truth. That he's with us. He loves to speak. He loves to show what he's like to us, to care for us. I wonder, will you practice listening more and to be present? Thirdly, next slide, thank you. We can think on things that will help us become present. Hands up um, if you're ever kept awake at night uh, worrying about stuff. You're a bit anxious. Okay. There's a few hands. Uh, okay. Everyone on the worship team, apart from Pippa. Everyone. <laughs> but we're kept up at night. We're thinking. We're worrying. So most of us can meditate. Yeah? Most of us can meditate. And thinking... Thinking of good things is meditating on the good things. Most of us are good at thinking of the bad stuff, the what ifs, oh, it's going to go wrong, oh, not going to have enough money, you're not going to do Most of us are great at that. But what we need to become used to, to be fully present, is to think on the good things. Romans 12 verse 2 declares this, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Philippians 4 uh, verses 6 to 8. Let me read it to you. Uh, Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. How? Well, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say this, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is beautiful, think, think on these things. You see, most of us are just great at meditating on the stuff that is fear, that is lack, that is going to go wrong, that is, oh, they don't like me. That's, ah. And Paul's saying, meditate, think on, think on these things. If we want to be people who are present, we need to think. Brother Lawrence's secret for practicing the presence of God was thanksgiving. Was thanksgiving. He would thank God all the time. When we thank God, it opens the door to be in his presence and to be fully present. I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I'll enter his courts with praise. When we thank, when we praise, we meet with the living God. And we become so aware of the now. What day is it today? It's What day is it? It's today. Oh, my favorite. The now. Samuel reveals a, a, a wonderful secret of being present with God. He says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I wonder if we need to know that we are servants of God. We're not God. We don't need to work things out. We don't need to worry about the big things. We're servants of God. 
Be still and know that I am God, declares God. Why do we need to concern ourselves with those big things? God is God. We're not. Let him be God. Let us be the servant of God. At the very first encounter, Kate Green brought us a picture. If I can have the next slide. Thank you. And um, it looks messy, doesn't it? And Kate, um, her work is very different to mine. She um, is an abstract artist, amazing artist. And for those of us who are here, you would have seen, she brought a blank black canvas. Do you remember it, Matt? It was there, wasn't it? And this is the end result. And she felt God speak to us as a church through it. There were three things that she wanted to share with us. And on the evening, she shared it, and it was so powerful. She said, this is about pixelated images. And there were three thoughts. I believe God is speaking through this picture for us. The first one, it's like with a low-resolution photo. He wants to give us a bigger picture of his love, bringing a new sharpness and clarity of his affection and acceptance. He invites us to go large, ask for more, believe for more, go deeper. Secondly, she says, it's like the computer game Minecraft. Who knows Minecraft? (laughs) Those of us who work with children, who have got children. Where you create a world from pixels or boxes, maybe the life we're living is a bit limited. Do we create our lives around our limitations? There is a new level of freedom beckoning, Kate believes the Lord is saying for us. An invitation to step out of the box, to face the unknown, the unplanned, the, an awakening. And Ephesians 3.20 says, I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to make you take in the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And lastly, she believed that this is about censorship. Like in censorship where pixelating disguises someone's identity. God wants to deepen our sense of identity in him. That we are forgiven. We are chosen. We are adopted into his family. We are children of the king of kings. We're going to reflect on those three lessons to believe that God can speak, to practice listening to God, to think on those good things. And I'm going to read to you a poem. Um, It's called Deep Breath In, Out and Up. (laughs) And when, when you hear the line, deep breath in, can you take a deep breath in? But remember to breathe out because then it says, and long breath out. And do breathe in between as well, won't you? Just Shall we just have a little practice? So when I say deep breath in and long breath out, brilliant. If I just stop, 
Wait, stop, wait, think and breathe. Deep breath in and long breath out. And all hubbub leave. Now, if I just stop and breathe and take a mo, take stop, shake my, shock my jumbled mind and say, business, get lost, go. Then what will I hear? Who is it that my breath is tenderly caught that makes me sigh with relief as peace is dove-like brought? If I just stop, wait, stop, wait and think and deep breath in and long breath out. And all nonsense, push off, leave, make space, clear the decks of crap that clings. Hear the voice of the one who rejoices and sings over me, calming me, soothing me, lullaby, causing me to shift my eyes to the morning star on high. If I just stop, wait, stop, think. And breathe. Deep breath in and long breath out, and all insecurities just leave. Then I see where I truly have been heavenly seated, placed, royal, commissioned, ambassador status upon my head, graced. Then I look out and see my task achievable, adventurous, hand in hand. Then why should I, would I, could I breathless fret when every breath is planned? Let's pray. We're going to do something a little bit daring. We're going to listen and have some silence and be present in God's presence. So in the name of Jesus, may each one of us believe that God speaks. That he loves us and he loves to communicate with us. And in the name of Jesus, may we have the strength to practice listening like Samuel. And in the name of Jesus, may we think on things that will help us. So I say to all fear... All anxiety go in the name of Jesus. And may the love of Jesus be ours.
کردن من 